Welcome to Memory Jogger, a podcast featuring the childhood tales of two friends who grew up in central Pennsylvania during the 1980s and early 90s. This is Jason. And this is Wyatt. Jason and I have known each other since the fourth grade, and this podcast dives deep into our memory banks to extract what we can remember during our formative years. And while our perspective can be regional, we also touch on pop culture that is sure to translate to other Gen Xers. Join us as we jog down memory lane in this episode of Memory Jogger. Welcome back to Memory Jogger right here on Rediscover the 80s. Jason here, of course, Wyatt is with me. Hey, bud. Hey, what's going on? What's going on in your world there, listeners? It's uh, been a pretty uh, interesting <laughs> couple of weeks uh, since we've been on the air, but glad we are here and uh, glad we are still sponsored by RetroViewer. We've been telling you guys about this now for a couple shows, and uh, the main thing we want to tell you is go in the show notes this week, click on the link, jump over to RetroViewer, grab a bunch of digital pictures of your family or uh, you know some maybe some pictures you've taken out in the uh, beautiful earth that we live in and uh, make yourself one of these great retro viewer reels and uh, you can get it shipped for free if you use code RD80s when you're uh, checking out over there at retro viewer. But uh, yeah, just cycle back to uh, one of our last couple episodes where we talked about it a little bit farther, but we are very pleased that they have come on board uh, with us on uh, Memory Jogger. So uh, we did a little something different this week, didn't we, Wyatt? We did. We decided we would throw uh, four semi-random. I mean, we picked the t- topics, but we we yeah. chose four topics for you, the listener, to basically give us a vote on which you would like us to talk about next. Yeah. And yeah. Drum roll, please. And here comes Jason. Well, I'll uh, I'll pause for a minute. We'll we'll do the slow build because we did get some feedback from our. Uh, Run DMC episode, at least you found a quick comment that we wanted to at least shout out. Right. So this comes from Dark Stars. When he goes by, his Twitter is at BLKDemon316. Here's his quick. It says, I've always been a fan of Run DMC. Well, yes. we've been a fan of them too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But thank but you th- for your input. Very much. Thank you for uh, leaving a reply. You can just leave a quick reply like that on social media. We'll find you. But uh, yeah, so we decided this is something that uh, Mickey and I did actually on our uh, Time Machine podcast uh, a couple years ago, and uh, just building topics in a list, we decided, hey, let's throw it out to the listeners and give them a chance to choose a topic. And so I figured I'd let's just start with the some big hitters here in the '80s animation. So the choices were GI Joe, Masters of the Universe, Thundercats, and Voltron. All four of which we hold near and dear to our hearts, mm-hmm. right? Very, very. <laughs> so we did a poll, or I put out a poll to Twitter and over on Instagram. Unfortunately, the tally, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't get the stats, or I didn't get the stats right after uh, it ended, and I'm trying to figure out how to do that as far as how many votes were cast. So we're going to do it just by percentage. So we're going to take the percentage of votes from Twitter, percentage of votes from Instagram, Combined together, and like you said, drum roll please, this episode we are talking about G.I. Joe, which got uh, 76 total percentage points there. 29 from Twitter and 47 from Instagram. Masters of the Universe came in second, close second, 67 
percentage points there, 38 and 29. And then Thundercats had 32 and Voltron with 25. So this is kind of timely because I had something show up this week in the mail that I'm excited to uh, tell you guys about. But of course, G.I. Joe, that was a pretty big one for us growing up. I think it hit us at the the perfect age, you know, uh, came out in, I think, 82. So, you know, six, seven years old is our range. And I remember watching it, at least I experienced the, uh, the cartoon series first. What about mm-hmm. you? I experienced the TV series. I watched it quite a bit, but it waned on me. I liked watching the, the show, I guess. I'm a vehicle person, I guess. So I would like watching it more for the... Mm-hmm. The fighter jets and the helicopters and the, the army kind of role that both of them played, not as much as the characters themselves doing, you know, their battles and drama and, <laughs> and the ins and outs. Now, I know you are a far bigger fan, so you you tell us what, what was your take on it? Oh, yeah, I loved it. It was one along with... Uh transformers that i rushed home right after school to watch i remember it being back to back i'm not sure which one was first but it was on in the afternoons like from whatever four to five o'clock so with the uh i I always rode the bus when uh it was on when, when it was during its you know first run and i remember hitting the bottom of the street and running home trying to catch that first few minutes. I think I usually got home right about the time one of them started. And, uh, you know, if I had a little bit of homework, maybe I'm doing homework while I'm watching. But uh, typically, and and towards the end of the 80s, I remember that being a time where uh, I was able to stay at home by myself, didn't have to go over to uh, my babysitter across the street, like we talked about in our uh, Hot Wheels episode. I was able to come home and and get right to the TV myself and and stay at home when I got a little bit older, but, oh yeah, I just loved it. It was, there's such a large world GI Joe is maybe some people don't realize just how many characters were created and they kept creating as it became a hit that first year. But I do remember watching the very first, so that it started out as a mini series, I think two mini series, so they did one in 82, and then I think they did another in 83, and then by maybe the end of 83 or early 84 is when the animated series kicked in, and it was on every weekday. But I remember that first uh, series. It's the ones one where they're uh, finding, I think it's the mass device, and they're finding these elements all over the Earth. It's a five-part series, and Destro is building this uh, weather was that the weather dominator or no, that was the mass device. So that was like mm. a, just an element to rule the world, you know, Cobra. Right. <laughs> uh, and I remember Duke getting captured in this like battle arena and he was controlled by this little thing on his head. And uh, if, if I'm remembering right, if that's the same one, it might be the, the next mini series, but one of those mini series I remember watching and I, I want to say they did it. I don't know if they did it in the afternoons or maybe at a, a different time, maybe like prime time or someplace. It was all syndicated, but um, I, don't, I don't know if maybe one of those channels ran it at night or something. But, oh, yeah, I remember being glued and, and sucked right in right away. And by 1983 is when I started getting some of the toys for Christmas. 
So what about you? When do you remember like starting to collect some of the toys? It was probably around the Christmas time there. And I did get a lot of the toys uh, and I still have quite a bit of those toys. <laughs> um, but I guess I never got into like the, I mean, I always enter, interchanged them with all the other toys. Yeah. So you get GI Joe with the transformers and mask and, maybe a few matchbox cars that the tanks would roll over or something like that. Uh Um, uh uh, Airwolf would always be the superhero, at least in my (laughs) play world. Um, But nonetheless, I mean, I had all these characters and and I loved the toys. I just, like I said, I never got into the TV show. I know I watched it, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, I was far more interested in Transformers than I was GI Joe. Okay. But I still watched it because that was, Kind of feels like that was the thing, you know. Everybody's talking oh, yeah. about G.I. Joe and I liked watching it. It, yeah. it kept my attention, but it wasn't it wasn't something I really sought after or said, Oh, I really have to, you know, crank out the homework so I can watch it. It was yeah, if I yeah. missed it, I wasn't heartbroken type of okay. Okay. thing. Well, fair enough. And uh so we won't go into the any favorite episodes unless you can really remember one, but I have done a post over on Rediscover the 80s. Maybe I'll put that in the show notes of my top five favorite episodes of the the animated series. But yeah, it was one of those things that uh, actually started out, at, I think, about the same time with the miniseries as a comic book series. And as we've mentioned, probably here and probably over on our other show, MassCast, we didn't get into comics in the least. Uh, and I didn't until probably about seven or eight years ago that I've really dove into all of the comics and GI Joe has been one consistently over that time frame that I've tried to collect and go back and read uh, some of the stories by uh, creator Larry Hama. I got to meet him once. That was really fun. He's a, he got a very awesome personality, loves the fans. He's an artist himself too. So he'll draw characters. If you find him at a, you know, comic con somewhere uh, he just finished up. So uh, Marvel went through a run of 155 issues from 1982 to, I think, 1994. And then a couple other smaller comic publishers took over Image and Devil's Due, I think, were the, the two. And then IDW took over and uh, essentially picked up where the Marvel series left off. So it was like issue 155 where Marvel left off and kept that going. And just in December was the 300th comic in that series. And that was, as far as I know, essentially the end because they've cycled off their contract or whatever with Hasbro to keep producing that comic. I don't know if it's going to go somewhere else or what's going to happen here, but there's 300 issues out now over 40 years of comic books that he's been writing and creating all these characters and, and new and reimagining the characters over the years too. Uh, There's that weird period kind of in the uh, early nineties, I was out of GI Joe probably by the end of the eighties, but uh, they started this kind of new era of GI Joe, I think around like 91 or 92 and Cobra Commander's in the silver suit, and Destro is gold instead of 
you know, his silver <laughs> chrome and uh, lots of changes, lots of different kind of weird characters too that came along. Do you remember any of that? Or when did you kind of get out of that real American hero era? Well, I know I watched it for, uh, uh, I would say a couple years, but it, like I said, it was, wasn't something I latched onto. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about the time frame. I think as it waned, I had steered onto something else, probably mass. Cause I think mass came on a little bit yeah. later. So I, I'm sure I lynched on mask. I know I was more into, uh, I think pole positions about that time frame as well as, um, Jason the Wheel Warriors. Yeah. Uh, and they, they reran a lot of those too. So they were playing on like USA Cartoon Express well after they originally aired. That's like, right. Like and I, position. Yeah. Right. And I just kind of latched more onto that. And I catch G.I. Joe more like when I thought about it, but I wasn't as inter- interested. So it, it didn't hurt my feelings that it started waning, <laughs> waning down. But I still remember getting. You know, a G.I. Joe here and there. One of the last things I remember getting of G.I. Joe was, and I've talked about it here, and I, I've searched my mom's house, and I can't seem to come across it. It was train this, set, right? No, I have the train set. Oh, okay. Uh, it's here. In fact, uh, just this summer, we hauled it and my H.O. scale out okay. uh, to play with it. And it works fine. Uh, nice. Still chugs along, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but it's a fighter jet. It's a newer, sleeker. I'm going to punch it up just to see if I can find it real quick. But it's a newer, sleeker. They had the SR-71 Blackhawk with its little pod buddy on the top. Yes. Uh, that they saw. But there was a sleeker one. The Raven, I think that was. That one is like uh, X. Uh, ooh, I'm going to have to. We, we probably have to punch that up. I know, I I'm pretty it. sure I know which one you're talking about. The one I had was called the Phantom X-19. Okay. So it looks like what should be like Star Wars or, you know, some sleek, real thin type of jet. But it had pop-out guns on the wings, kind of like Airwolf. And I loved it because it had that kind of Airwolf mm. feel to it. It came with like two cruise missile type things, pods that would that I think were underneath the jet. They had the the typical yellow Ooh. or orangish. Uh, I think they actually went with the like the neon green take, but they had those those similar rockets you see on just about every GI Joe tank and stuff. Uh-huh. And there was oh the and the the cockpit. It was the entire front of the jet was a dome. So and unlike even jets of the day where there looks like to be there a little bit of a front end or hood, so to mm-hmm. speak, the point before you get to the cockpit, that whole canopy opened and I think slid forward to get your pilot in there. And it had retractable landing gear. I mean, it was a really nice jet. And I remember playing with that a fair amount. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was when I was kind of waned off of G.I. Joe altogether. The only thing I have left of it in my collection, I have one of those cruise missile pods or whatever here uh, yeah. in this house in my all-in-one toy box, which has the my Transformers and my G.I. Joe figures and so forth. But I can't find that jet, and it wasn't my mom's. Well, 
when hmm. I went off to, to the Air Force in 95. So, <laughs> yeah, who knows where it is now? I didn't remember this one at all. That's a later release, 1988, also available in 1989 and nine discontinued in 1990. And see, so, I think it was closer to 90 that I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was, it was a late, maybe 89, but it was a late. Uh, looks late. fairly large too. Oh, it was big. It was, yeah. I don't know, two and a half, three foot big. I, 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 I think. I was thinking you had the, I think it was the conquest jet conquest X something. I had the uh, X wing. I still was, have it. The X wing where it's the rotor slash jet conquest X 30. It's kind of where the, Wings are in reverse, and they're point, kind of pointed straight towards the cockpit. No, no, I never oh, okay. had that. I think our mutual friend Leaf had that. I had the okay. It's called a Skystorm X-wing. So the unfortunately the plastic of the propeller blades have all just about broken off now. But you had this little kind of a plunger mechanism. Oh, if you wow. pulled it, if you pulled it up, it exposed or pulled out the chopper blade so you had essentially mm-hmm. this was switch gi joe's version of switchblade so you had the helicopter blades and you had a helicopter essentially but if you push that plunger in those propeller blades retracted in you had this x-wing fighter jet concept cool and i, I still have this one either wow you got some later ones i think in the run because this one uh same time frame, released in 88, discontinued in 90. Hmm. So, yeah. That's, that's it a, for, I think, the flying, except for, like, I had a, I had the backpack helicopter for um, Duke that mm-hmm. came. I think I had that. Then I had this 10-wheeled tank. It was a two-seater. I say had. I still have it. It's a, The boys were just playing with it here two or three days ago. <laughs> I don't know what it's called right now. I'm scanning to see if I can find it but it's a 10 wheeled is it motorized or one you just push it's one you just push around there's you have like the tank kind of turret up on the top seat persuader tank is what it's called okay so it's a 10 wheel thing the top has a turret like i said then you have this little uh smaller maybe a 50 cal i don't know right above would be the driver his seat and then you have i think three missiles on either side uh, yellow missiles. Oh, wow. Uh, that's what I had. And then I, the last that I can remember of having of G.I. Joe for toys, the cars anyway, it was uh, that motorcycle uh, looking thing. Yeah. It that set of tank treads, I think, on the front. I oh, think. okay. Not the uh, not the kind of sidecar gun motorcycle. No, it was like a, I'm trying to punch it up. I see it. It had like, I don't know, small track or look like a track in the front i think it's the front yeah i see pictures i'm just trying to figure out what the uh name was because they had one they had one with an actual sidecar yeah and then the one that i know is the ram with the the motorcycle and then just the sidecar is that long like cannon of a gun uh but yeah, I've I'm, I've seen pictures here. I'm just seeing it on eBay, so I'm not seeing the uh, the name of the one that you have with the tank uh, treads. I want to say it was on the front, but nonetheless, that was all all the. Uh, I take that back. I had there was a boat. It was the Cobra. It was like a little raft looking 
boat looking oh, okay. thing. It's not um, like the I think the Moray was the the red one they always used in the series. No, the this boat. was like a the dark blue raft with the, like a shield, I guess, in the front. And you've said a few times off and on that you know you don't know how things you stumble over things. You don't know mm-hmm. where it comes from, but it's, you stumble over them nonetheless. I've stumbled over to over. There's a little plastic piece that goes on the back, and it's supposed to be where the motor motors night, are supposed to be. Night and landing I've, is what it's called. Okay, and I've it's come apart, put back together. I put it in that same box where all my JJOs <laughs> and the transformers all formers are. The other day, I found it in my car. I don't know how it walked itself from <laughs> that toy box into my car, but it certainly did. Um, uh, I can't come over. I can't, I have the motorcycle. I can, I just don't see a picture of it Okay. to give you a name, but it, it's like the back wheel is the motorcycle tire, but the front has a, I don't know, a three wheel, like size track. So what did you have in your collection? Maybe you have far more. Well, I actually, I didn't, I had a lot of figures. Most of them were the on the good side, on the GI Joe side, uh, and didn't have too many Cobras. What was fun is I remember one summer I spent a week with my cousin, Kenny, two hours away up in Countersport, and he had all of the Cobra stuff. So it was fun to like get my hands. It was like being in a, a, a toy store and all the boxes are open. So he had like the, the little trouble bubble and the Fang uh, helicopter, like the open air you know, seat there mm-hmm. and, uh, the Rattler jet several, uh, yeah. And just several Cobra figures. So it was fun to bring everything together and actually have a nice battle between GI Joe and Cobra because I was like you, I, you know, the vehicles and everything in my toy box kind of meshed for the most part. I mean, there were some times when, when I did have the uh, Thundercats layer that you could really play just Thundercats and shoot back at each other with those little light uh, projecting things. That was really the only time I'm really honed in on anything because everything is, you know, can be a GI Joe base. You can make a mm-hmm. GI Joe base out of blankets and whatever pieces of wood and uh, <laughs> play, you know, we used to take our Joes out in the woods and you know, set up little forts and stuff for them and playing in the woods and things. So uh, G.I. Joe was a lot more than just the toys. I mean, we we played like army and had our little toy guns and stuff, but we were playing when we played, we called it G.I. Joe. Let's go play right, G.I. Right. Joe in the woods. So there was that kind of role playing, too. But uh, my very first G.I. Joe toy was the uh, Sky Striker uh, F-14. And... That thing has lasted up until this day. I still have it. I've kept it. It was one thing I always wanted to keep uh, because it was my first. And thankfully, most of the thing still works. And I still have, I believe, most of the missiles. Ace, the pilot, has this like pop-off helmet. Still have that piece. I don't know how because it sits so loose on his head. But um, yeah, that was my first. I eventually got the Havoc tank that came with the cross-country figure. It's the one where it's got the big bubble up front where you can lay two Joes down and cross-country sits up high on this like little lift thing that has a couple guns on it. And then from the back, there's this little hovercraft that 
that came out the back, which I always thought was the coolest thing. So that uh, vehicle, those were the main two vehicles I had over the years. I had some of the other like little ones, the little uh, cannons, like on a tripod that you could get things like that. Uh, little accessories more or less than uh, actual vehicles. But my friend Tim had some, I think he had, it was the uh, uh, Dreadnoughts Jeep, if you will, that blue, I can't remember the name of it, Rambler or something like that. He had that, he had some of the uh, the Cobra stuff too. So we, we got to play some back and forth there with, with, you know, enemy versus enemy there. But uh, those two vehicles were primarily what I had over the years. And I decided uh, over a year ago now, a year and two months, that I was going to go for it and uh, go for the HasLab Skystriker, which is the crowdfund uh, site for Hasbro. And looking, I, I was watching the listing, you know, and it was beating some of the crowdfunding goals, which were extra figures. And the figures that come with it, this new one, are the o-ring figures just like the the old ones are set up they don't have all those the new articulation like uh, a lot of the figures have now where everything swivels it's the old school figures which is really cool and i think eight of them eight or nine came with the jet you got two with the jet and then through these goals you got i actually have a cobra commander and two other cobras and then uh, Scarlet as a pilot, which is really cool. She kind of looks like Ace, but she's in that light blue. And like she, Scarlet would fly the Sky Strikers on the show. Uh, Ripcord and maybe that's it. I'm just thinking maybe there's one more. There's a, uh, another guy that came with Ace with the jet. But it's glorious. It works. It has about the same functionality as the original Except for if I don't know if you remember or not, there's a little switch at the top of the jet that will put the wings out and put the landing gear down. Hmm. Well, it's two separate motions with the Haslab Sky Striker, so that that button works the wings back and forth. And then there's a they actually, if you wanted to, they have the stickers that come with it that you can make it look like an actual F-14, not necessarily the GI Joe version, you know. Uh, which is really neat. And this is what I'm going to do, or at least attempt to do with the help of my son, because he got excited when I brought it in the door and was putting it together and I got my old one out. We're going to restore my old one and we're going to paint it. We're going to make it like the Cobra version. So I have all these stickers that came in detailing. Uh, we got all of the old stickers off. They were coming off anyway. And we're going to try to paint it like that Rattler blue. And uh, we'll have a Cobra and a G.I. Joe Sky Striker. Very excited. But yeah, that I waited over a year to get that thing, a year and two months. And when it came to the door earlier this week, I was so excited. <laughs> because that's just the thing, you know, that's the way nostalgia works. You know, my vehicles are not necessarily yours or anybody else's that they had that first experience with, but when they bring them back, it's so hard not to pull the trigger and want to just get your hands wrapped around the thing again, you know? Right. I'm not that way with a lot of people are collecting the classified series, which is the larger Joe's like the five or six inch figures. 
and they've released uh, a few vehicles, I think, around those. And then they've also released this retro line, which is about the same size as the original Joes, but with more articulation and accessories that come with them. And I've gotten a couple of vehicles from that. I got the Awe Striker Jeep, uh, which I never had. I always wanted that. So that was good. And that works good with your old Joes too. And the Fang uh, helicopter. I went ahead and pulled the trigger on those. Oh, I'm sorry. And the Hiss tank, <laughs> the, the Cobra, you know, the blue Cobra tank with the turret that moves up top and the bubble right in front. Uh, so those three, I got them all out this week and the kids after school we're just going nuts with them and playing with all the, the figures and the vehicles. And the only other one that I have now, I do have my Havoc. Actually, it's not my Havoc. I sold that back to eBay many moons ago and decided to get it again, I don't know, within the last couple of years. So I do have that. And I, at RetroCon, I think two years ago, found the Triple T tank that Sergeant Slaughter drove. So those are the three vehicles that I have now from the original series. So my, my collection is not that big. I'm trying not to go any bigger. <laughs> <laughs> that Haslab Sky Striker was an exception to the rule uh, just because it was so awesome. And it comes with this awesome stand too. You, it fits right on to the bottom of the jet and you can turn it and display it so nice. Oh, I'm and it's got like these two ground crew like vehicles, the fuel little vehicle and one that carries the missiles around. I mean, it's, it's so cool. They, they really did it to the nth degree and you, we paid to the nth degree to get it, but, oh man, that was just some, some really good nostalgia. And uh, I know I still go back and watch the show from time to time. I know you with your boys have, you've introduced a lot of stuff to them over the years. Was GI Joe one of the things that you introduced to them? No, I've had a hard time getting any of them really interested uh, in much of my old shows they got interested in transformers here a little bit ago and mask uh, my six-year-old is still ate up thankfully about mask <laughs> um but gi joe i've tried to introduce it to them and they just either think it's, it's oblivious they're just not there yet yeah for it i did happen upon the name of that little motorcycle thing it's called an lcv recon sled but anyway okay yeah my boys weren't i tried uh i've gone back and i've got the dvd set went ahead and pulled the trigger on that several years ago just so i have those episodes i like my physical media i know you do too but it's i mean it's great now that it's on tubi and you can watch episodes on tubi but um it was actually my little girl that got into it for a while with me. And this was a couple of years ago. I was going back watching the series and she was going around the house. Go Joe. <laughs> nice. Uh, that was uh, for a long time there. She loved the theme song and would watch episodes with me and ask questions, of course. But my boys, for some reason, they didn't really get into action figures at all. And I think that had a lot to do with, why we loved it so much was the, all the toys that were around at the time and how much action figures really exploded, you know, in the early eighties oh, yeah. and late seventies, we just had to have some and there they were, there's all these different figures and they kept introducing figures. It seemed like every year, not necessarily every season, because the first season runs through, I think 90 episodes or something, but there's a point where when they bring in Serpentor 
and that crew, I think like right after, or maybe right before the movie hit that uh, they brought in a, a bunch of new characters. Do you have a favorite character in GI Joe? Did you ever latch onto one specific one? No. Well, I guess I think I latched on a little more so to, um, I think I'd ask you the same question. It was the EMT. Oh, Lifeline. Lifeline. Yeah. I seemed to like him. I don't know why he seemed to, maybe it's just the red, but he stood out. Uh, I uh-huh. do kind of remember playing with him a little bit more, but that's really all it is that I really latched on. I still have quite a bit of my GI Joes. I have a Cobra. I think mm-hmm. I've told you this before. I have a silver face. And then I have the, I thought there was a rare, I don't know if it's really rare, but there was one where you see his eyes and it's a, it's a black. The hooded. Wrap. Yeah. Maybe it's the hooded one. Okay. I don't know if he's really rare or not, but there's, uh, I have him, I have Duke, I have Lifeline. There's a few others I know I have. I have the twins. Oh, the yeah. Cobra twins. Tomax and Zaymont. Yep. Yeah. Let me tell you, it, whether they're rare or not, they're worth bills nowadays. I mean, I go past uh, G.I. Joe's on like the Shop Goodwill site now, and they're up to $100 before you can even blink an eye. If you get a whole bunch of them together and you find some rare ones in there, like the mail away ones, those are the rare ones, like the fridge when they did, uh, when they brought in the, the fridge from the Chicago bears. And I think Sergeant Slaughter might've been a mail away figure, but um, those are the, I think the more rare ones, but yeah, I, I latched on to the character low light, who is the sniper that wears the red goggles. He came in about the time Serpentor did, but before that, I love Shipwreck. He always cracked me up. He was the one that was kind of doing his own thing while he was a G.I. Joe. He really didn't like listening to Duke or anybody else, you know? So Shipwreck is one that I really latched on to uh, as a kid. And he's got, he's in uh, my favorite episodes are the ones he's in. And he's got a, a couple specifically tied to him that i really like but they went off uh it's fun to uh if you've got the dvd set or maybe jump over to uh, youtube which by the way gi joe has their own streaming channel on youtube and you can go over and start streaming episodes like jump in the middle of one at any time because they're i think it's always live but um you can go over there and find like some of the behind the scenes uh, documentaries and featurettes from uh, like Ron Friedman, who was one of the main writers. He's the one that actually uh, also killed off Optimus Prime, or at least was instructed to. He wrote for Transformers as well. And uh, I've heard him on a couple podcasts. It's pretty interesting to hear him talk and his background in comics and all kinds of things when he was a kid and, and writing for TV, just listening to him and how he took like Larry Hama's uh, art and uh, those little files, like the file cards, the the bios that he gave them mm-hmm. and trying to put that into a story and give a character a personality. You know, it's really interesting to me, at least on how that translates from comic to television. And uh, he was a big reason, Ron Freeman, behind that. So I love hearing all about the people and the voice cast, too. We didn't really talk about such an awesome cast. 
uh, some that we've met along the way, but it seemed to be like the who's who of voice actors at the time all had a G.I. Joe character because <laughs> there were so many, you know, to voice. The only one that sticks out, and it was only more recently when we went to Comic-Con, was Michael Bell. I never knew that that was he was the voice of Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew he was the voice of Lance, the Red Lion, Voltron. And I know he played, I can't remember the character now, but I know he he crossed over to the vehicle Voltron. So when I, we went to RetroCon, that's when I learned that he played Duke. And I'm like, oh, I should have known that. But <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I knew kind of, I think through you that I knew he voiced a Smurf. Didn't know which one, but I thought yes. you, uh, you told me he voiced a Smurf. Of course, I saw that there too. But like I said, I didn't put two and two together that he was Duke's voice. And that's yeah. just, that was incredible. But the rest of it, I don't, because it's not a favorite of mine, G.I. Joe, that I didn't really care who was behind it, if I could say that right. Oh, yeah. We, Where uh, we Mask, didn't as kids. Yeah. You know, as kids, I still didn't know who Doug Stone really was. But as we got a little bit older, especially when we got into Mass Cast, we were like, oh, Doug Stone. Oh, he's like the big celebrity now. Um, <laughs> you know, we would almost arguably say he's like he's equal to Peter Cullen, you know, in our minds that kind of thing. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And so now I'm teaching my boys. I probably shouldn't because I'm spoiling their childhood, but I'm teaching (laughs) my kids about the voices and how the voice actors who I've met. And it's funny because Adam gets kind of into it. Yeah. He's starting to get a little interested. Like he would like to be maybe a voice later on in life for someone. And it's just interesting to see that it's coming that way. But Really, to get back to the original question about, or the real good yeah. topic of G.I. Joe and the voice actors, like I said, I I only knew of Michael Bell, and, and that was really of, what, the last six, yeah. seven years? Well, Arthur Burghardt was there yeah. a couple of years ago who played Destro. So, yeah, we've we've met a couple of those people there. But, yeah, I mean, just I mean, Frank Wilker had a character and peter cullen had a character neil ross and and then the uh, the big one of course for me was sergeant slaughter because then he i I don't know who came up with the idea to get him on gi joe from like wrestling just the way that kind of translated over because i that was the time i was watching wrestling at the time and he was on both shows and here comes this cartoon version of sergeant slaughter you know (laughs) just uh kicking all the Joes in gear and kicking Cobra's butt. And he was larger than life to me uh, just as a kid, you know, being on both of those shows that I watched, but um, yeah, it was cool to hear his voice, him being the one that actually voiced the character. You can recognize him right away. And it was hard to really probably find somebody to do his voice. Cause you think about like, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, where they had they didn't have the actual wrestlers doing the voices in that show, but they got Sergeant Slaughter to to do the part. So that was even more of a you know a thing to tie in. But anyway, well, I I think we've uh, we've talked about it long enough. Would love to hear uh, you guys' feedback on how did you get into GI Joe in the first place? Did it start with the Real American Hero cartoon? Did it start with the comic books? Were you going back even further than that, or did it come uh, later? You know, as G.I. Joe was kind of rebooted there in the 90s and the characters changed a little bit, 
would love to get your thoughts on that. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go into the more recent attempt to bring G.I. Joe back. There was a couple decent cartoon series along the way. I remember watching the one Resolute, which was pretty good. The movies, uh, it's hard to watch those now, and I don't really associate those actors with those characters that they were trying to play other than maybe Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow where, uh, well, obviously there wasn't too much of a character for Snake Eyes. All he's got to do is be a ninja and kick butt, but (laughs) Uh, it just uh, most of those movies have not set well uh, with me and trying to shoehorn those into our memories. It's it's not going to happen. I think Transformers more recently has done a better job at trying to match those up, but you know, that might've not been their intent to necessarily suck us back in, but to try to get to a newer, younger generation and Mm -hmm. start selling toys to them. But it hasn't really, I think happened for GI Joe. It's, it's still us. It's still us. The ones that are buying the ones that are on shelves now. And uh, that connection really truly hasn't been made over the last several years. So that's my little spiel about that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we just uh, so excited to talk about GI Joe and all these other ones that are, will eventually be coming up and uh, would love to get your feedback on where you are with GI Joe nowadays and uh, how you first got into it. You know, leave us our uh, voicemail with Telby and, Hit us up on social media like you'll hear about in a few minutes. And uh, if there's maybe a, a series of topics you want us to put out there, I think maybe we'll try this again next time. What do you think? Yeah, this was fun. And I like the, the involvement that you listeners have been giving to us. This is what we seek. Like we keep asking, you know, share your thoughts, share your experience with G.I. Joe. Uh, maybe you're just as crazy as Jason and love <laughs> it. Or you're more like me and go, meh. Whatever it is, we'd welcome it. So please give a give a shout to us. Yep, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. See y'all. Thanks for listening to Memory Jogger. If we jogged a few of your memories, we'd love to hear about it this week. Visit the show notes for our Telby voicemail link and record your thoughts on today's topic or any others from our archive. We'll be sure to play it back on a future episode and give our reaction. You can also post your comments to our show notes at rediscoverthe80s.com, which is the home base for Memory Jogger and more 80s nostalgia. You can also find us on Twitter. Jason is at RD80s and I am at InfamousWV. And if you enjoy listening to the show, leave us a star rating or review in your podcast app of choice. Or better yet, share this episode on social media. Join us again next time as we challenge our brains on another episode of Memory Jogger.